Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church, June 18th, 2023. All right. Well, let's get this service started, shall we? Yes, sir. Let's do some prayer. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we boldly come before your throne room of grace and mercy, full of praise and adoration for who you are. We thank you for Pastor Lou and the, and the uh, teaching this morning, and we call forth your anointing upon him so that every word that he utters may be of you, and we receive you, Holy Spirit, and all your wisdom that can be bestowed upon us through this teaching. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your anointing upon our pastor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, this monitor is not turned on here. Please turn on the monitor. Okay, I try to disguise my PowerPoint, so this goat here has nothing to do with what I'm going to be talking about today. Quit yelling. Well, I'll talk about this, though. Uh, there's the goat. They like to make a lot of ruckus. And uh, sometimes Mrs. Young will tell me, stop yelling at me. You raise your voice. And sometimes I say that to her, too, right? So we get a little goaty, don't we? Uh, when you're under stress, that's, you know, when the pressure comes on, you know, we get emotional, and usually we, you know, don't act that Christ-like when we get emotional. So you cannot go by your feelings because you will get tripped up. And here is, well, this person is stressed. Have you ever felt like that, Mrs. Young? She says, not now. But she has felt like that before, probably because of me. So you can get stressed. And the uh, let's see what this next slide is. Oh, this is this is for me. When you're stressed, you eat ice cream, mm -hmm, cake, chocolate, and sweets. But if you live at my house, you don't eat none of those. Why? Because stress spelled backwards is desserts. So we went to Iowa and saw the kids and the grandkids last week, and uh, our youngest daughter, Jennifer, fed me lots of sweets. You know, I think I gained about six pounds. I put some weight on. Yeah. I, she baked a big cake. It was awesome. And I think maybe they had a couple of little pieces of cake between the family, and I ate the rest of the cake all by myself over about three or four days because uh, it was just sitting there calling my name. So this is what happens. This is what, you know, I put this up here because if you're stressed, the topic of the message today is who are you in Christ or do you know who you are in Christ? And most of the people I've talked to say, I know who I am, but yet we get stressed out because the enemy puts pressure on us, so we get stressed. So you can go to chocolate and cake, or you can go and uh, figure out who you are in Christ. So let's get this uh, dog and pony show started. This says, do, this is a question for you online and, and all you here in the congregation. Do you see who God sees when you look in the mirror? Or do you, 
see yourself as God sees you. And the only way we're going to know how God sees us is if we open up the book and read the B-I-B-L-E and find out what he has to say about us. And I'm just going to make this bold statement that most people probably won't agree with, but I will say probably the average Christian in America does not really know who they are in Christ. I just find a lot of them that don't. For some odd reason, they seem to search me and Sunni out. And I would just say they are people that need to be discipled, and you do that through the Word of God. So this is the message I'm bringing today. Who am I in Christ? That's the question for you. You can say, who am I in Christ? Yeah, who are you in Christ? Well, number one is I am loved. And so we know Jesus is love, right? You're loved. Here's a, a picture of not the real Jesus uh, comforting a child. And you may not feel Jesus' hand on the back of your head giving you a hug, but I can assure you Jesus loves you. Whether you're saved or not, uh, he loves you. So you need to know this, because I meet a lot of people that don't know God loves them. And as a deliverance pastor, um, casting out a demon is really easy. But before you can get those things to be removed and to stay removed, there's some other things that hinder those spirits getting cast out. And one is they have the wrong image of God. If you think God is up there on the throne with a hammer ready to smack you when you do something wrong, that is not um, our God. He loves us, and he doesn't want to give us bad gifts. That's number one. Number two is they have a wrong image of themselves, and they don't know who they are in Christ. Poor self-esteem, low self-image. Number three is... They have a wrong image of the world. And nowadays, it's real easy to have a wrong image of the world because I hear Christians, oh, if Trump can get in, we fix everything. Well, it ain't a man that's going to save America or the world. Go back to church, get discipled, learn who you are in Christ. So until you get those three things fixed, uh, deliverance isn't going to do a whole lot for you. Anyway, God um, loves you. The first thing is I am loved. So Romans 5, 5, it says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of our God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. It's a gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't uh, been saved and received the gift of the Holy Spirit, you can read the Bible, and it's not going to make any sense at all to you, because it is spiritually discerned. So you want to... Get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Jesus, come into my heart and get saved. And then get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And your Bible will amazingly, all of a sudden, start to make sense. You'll understand it. And it will speak back to you. That's why they call it the Living Bible. Our Bible is alive. And the Jews, they know a lot of things about the Scriptures and the Word of God that they don't tell us Christians but if there if you were a Jew and your house started on fire the first thing you would do is run in and grab the scroll the Torah and 
take it out of the house because they know it's alive and they don't want to burn the book alive. So we, they, they reverence God's word. We should too. Amen? So God loves you, and here's the scripture for it. And that's just one scripture. There's many. Okay, here is what God's love is not. And a lot of people have a wrong perception about what God's love is. God's love is not sparing us from suffering and death. Uh-oh, are you still my friend? <laughs> Do you like me now? Jesus was persecuted, and he says, if they persecute me, they'll persecute you. So, is the nicest way I can say this, just get over it. It's coming. And, you know, we are in a good place now here in America, but it's not always going to be that way. They're going to try to lop our head off like they do in other countries. Sooner or later, it's coming. So, just because you're suffering, that does not mean God doesn't love you. Amen? Let's remember Psalm 23. It says, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Uh, you want to come up here and move this down an inch or two? I'm making a popping sound. Hopefully that will help. So, uh, Psalm 23, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. It doesn't mean you're going to get out of the fight. You're going to be on the battlefield. Your enemies are surrounding you. It looks really bad, but yet you can sit down and, you know, have some uh, fresh-cooked eggs from SUNY this morning. We can have, he's going to feed us. He's going to take care of us. It doesn't mean he's uh, not loving us just because we're going through trial and tribulation. Here's one more scripture on love. 1 John 10, 4, or 4.10. 410. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be propitiation for our sins. Yeah, a three-bit word in there, but uh, he loves us. He sent his own son, John 3.16, you should all know that. Here's what uh, propitiation means, to gain or regain the favor or goodwill of, in this example, the Father, God by Jesus shedding his blood that appeased the Father. So we've been reconciled. He's our propitiation. Okay, that word is not from Texas, I can tell you. <laughs> okay, I am seen. Who are you in Christ? You are seen. God sees you. Yes, we know if you're doing something sinning, they go, well, God sees you. We know that. But he also sees, he sees everything. Leslie taught me the PowerPoint. Okay, here's the blind beggar. Uh, he doesn't see Jesus, but he hears a commotion because where he went, people, you know, were talking loudly. And so Jesus sees the blind beggar, and this is where he spits on the ground, makes mud, and puts on his eyes, and eventually he's healed and he can see. So we should be able to do that, right? Yes. I haven't actually had a blind person uh, come and ask me to pray, but... If I was in Cambodia or Honduras, and they do, I guarantee you I will spit on the ground and make mud and put it on their eyes. Because I know uh, if Jesus did it, I can do it too. Amen? Okay, I am seen. So here is Jeremiah 12:3. But thou, O Lord, knowest me, thou hast seen me. Thou hast seen me and tried mine heart towards thee. Okay? You got to know God sees you. 
as many people go like, I'm just like Job. I hear that. I'm just like Job. <laughs> I'm going like in my nice voice, shut up, you're not like Job. Genesis 16. Um, it says, And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. For she said, I have also looked, here looked, after him that sees me. Now this was Hagar and Ishmael. Um, was it Sarah that they were, you know, Sarah had to wait till I don't know, Abraham was 99. And so she goes, take my maid Hagar. And so he did. And then they bore a son, Ishmael. And Ishmael was teasing um, Isaac. And uh, Sarah wasn't having it. So she goes, like, get out of the camp. And so anyway, Hagar and Ishmael went out into the wilderness and sat under a bush. And she was crying because they were going to die. And so the God showed up. He goes, I see you. And so she says, you are the God that sees me. That's El Roi, the, the, the God that sees us, El Roi. God sees you, who you are in Christ. He sees you, good or bad. Amen. Who are you in Christ? I am known. Okay, Jesus knows us. Amen. He knows us. I love this scripture, Jeremiah 1, 5. It says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. You know, God created us from the foundations of the world. So we were made perfect in the spirit in heaven, uh, in God's creation factory. He made us. He shaped us. And then we were deposited in a womb, and we were born nine months later, right? But God has a plan for everybody, and that's your job to figure out the plan that God has for you. And then you start down the path of building the kingdom of heaven. What is, so, you know, you may not be in an office like apostle, pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist, but you can still win souls. You can still prophesy. You can still raise the dead. You can cast out demons. You can build the kingdom of God. So as apostle Stan says, there's no empty seats on, uh, you know, you're not just bench warmers. There's no empty seats. You can get out on the field and build. So just know that God formed you before the world. Amen? Here's another one. You all know this one, Matthew 10, 30. But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Some have more than others. But God knows all these things about you. He knows more about you than you know about yourself. And Sunni knows me pretty well, but God knows me better than she knows me. I might not know me very good, and she knows me better probably. She goes, I know what you were thinking. I knew you were going to do that. And God knows more than that. She's pretty smart, but God's got you beat, Sunni. <laughs> Who am I in Christ? I am forgiven. I talk with a lot of people. They don't know they're forgiven. You know, even though we are not perfect, our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and we're on the journey building the kingdom of heaven, and we make a mistake. I know I do because I hear about it. Sometimes I get a sermon before church on the way to church. Uh, but even yet that I'm imperfect, I still know my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I know that the blood of Jesus has washed me clean and I'm forgiven. Amen? You should know that too. This is who you are in Christ. So this is me, 0% perfect, 100% forgiven. And that's you too. 
So again, as a deliverance minister, I hear these people call me up. They go, I've committed the unpardonable sin. I'm going, no, you haven't. And they go, well, how do you know that? And I go, because you're alive. You know, we've all sinned, right? Even after we've got our name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, we step in it. And then we have to repent and get back on the wagon and start over again, right? Am, am I telling the truth, Mrs. Young? Yes, I, I say, if you know you are unforgiving you sin and God cannot forgive you, what can we do? Why they call us? I'm not even going to repeat that. Just know you're forgiven. God forgives you. Every time, he forgives you every time. See, he can forgive murderers. He can forgive rapists. He can forgive, you know, people that have done human sacrifice and worship the occult and idolatry. Uh, but then I get these phone calls like, God can't forgive me. I'm going like, yes, he can. You know, 1 John 1, 9, confess your sin, repent, get back on the wagon or I'll give you another example. Somebody's an alcoholic and they go, I threw the bottle away, I'm walking, I'm cool. You know, I'm not drinking. And then they'll call me up a month later, ah, I went out and got bombed the other night. I go, well, you know, they're, now they're self-condemnation. You know, the enemy's is going like, yeah, you, you are a failure. God hates you. That's what the enemy's telling them. And so they call me. I'm going like, all you have to do is confess that get back on the wagon, don't have a pity party, don't hide from God like Adam and Eve did and try to work out your own fig leaves, you know, your own righteousness. Confess the sin, you know, pull up your pants, get back on the wagon, get out on the battlefield, start over again, repent, confess your sin, and God will forgive you. And so the longer you have a pity party, the more the devil can beat you up. So just say, I've just be honest. You say, I screwed up, I repent, I confess it as sin, and I'm back in the game. And the Lord restores you back to fellowship. It's not that complicated, but we sometimes just mess it all up, don't we? I heard one person say yes, hallelujah. Acts 10, 43, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him, shall receive remission of sins or forgiveness of sins. Remission is, uh, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins, it's forgiveness. Because Jesus said his blood, we accept it, we're forgiven. And it says, whosoever. So if you don't think that you're forgiven, just ask yourself, am I a whosoever? Yeah, we're all whosoever's. And if we believe it, that's the key. That word right there, you gotta believe. You know, it's like in Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you do this, I'll do that. If you don't do this, these things are going to come upon you. So you have to believe to get the scripture to work. You know, we should all be believers, right? We're not Methodists or Baptists or whatever uh, denomination. We're just all believers. We're all whosoever's, and we believe. Amen? And here's the famous uh, scripture, 1 John 1, 9. If, see, there you go. There's a condition. 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He restores us back to fellowship. So that's the key. When you realize, you finally realize you've done something wrong, confess it, repent, and get back in the game. Amen? Amen. I am saved. Now, I can really talk about this one. and I'm not uh, picking on the Baptists, but I was in the Baptist church, and they're famous for getting people saved. But we'd go to uh, summer camp with 80 kids, and they know that, you know, they're saved and they got water baptized and we talk about, you know, your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life and they do an altar call and all ladies run up and I'm going like, what, what? They, they don't know they're saved. And you know what? A lot of people don't know they're saved. They're afraid to die because they don't think they're saved. And I'm not saying once saved, always saved, but if you're doing the best you can, God sees that. Amen? And so... I am saved. <laughs> 1 Timothy 1.9 Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus. When was it given? Before the world began. See, this is an eternal spiritual law. These spiritual laws, they cannot be broken. Now, uh, the first part of a uh, demonic attack is you agree with the enemy. And I, I, I can hear it already. I never agree with the devil. Well, if you've accepted a lie, you've just agreed with the enemy. And he is the father of lies. He's really good at what he does. And a lot of people will believe that they're not saved. That's a lie. If you give Jesus come into my heart, you've given your life to the Lord, and you're walking, maybe your life isn't perfect. I don't think anybody's. I could say this. I've never met a perfect person yet, and I'm very imperfect. I'm better than I was since Mrs. Young has kind of filed off some rough edges. Oh, she says it's the Lord, not her. Well, in my house, the Lord's voice sounds like a Korean accent, so... Take that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He called us. You're saved. You have to know this deep down inside. So when the devil comes knocking, you can say, keep trucking, because my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let me tell you about the blood of Jesus. I don't take that flack off of him anymore. I used to when I didn't know who I was in Christ, but now I just tell him, you know, let me tell you about Jesus. Do you believe? I'm asking a question. I hear some amens. Do you believe? Okay, well, the Lord believes in you. You know, the atheists don't believe in God. God doesn't believe in atheists. Think about that. Acts 16.31, And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Um, believe in this scripture for my children even though they're grown. And some of them might even start to have some gray hair. <laughs> uh, I'm believing that the Lord is going to save them. I hope I'm alive to see it. But I believe, I believe they're going to come in, you know, and the Lord is able to bring them in. And uh, the way I look at it, uh, 
the way I look at this is they can come in the easy way or they can come in the hard way. And the Lord, uh, I say it like this, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. If they want to come in the hard way, that's their own choice. They can come in hard. The Lord can put the whammy on them. And so, don't test the Lord. When mom and dad's praying for you, just come on in. <laughs> come in the easy way. <laughs> You're not going to win the fight with God. What do you believe? Here's another one. I am saved. Romans 10, 13. For whosoever, that would be all of you, whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. I've heard stories of people on their deathbed. They say, call on the name of Jesus, and they're in a vision. They see somebody falling into the flames of hell, and they're going, call on Jesus. And they just whisper, Jesus. And all of a sudden, they see a tractor beam come down and grab this person up to heaven. So that's pretty cutting it pretty close. Uh, Sunni's dad, uh, you know, he was in the war and thought that the Lord couldn't forgive him. But uh, he did get saved before he went home. And she says, he got in with his pants on fire. Pretty close. Pretty close. Don't be like that. So know you're saved. Know you're saved. This is who you are in Christ. You need to know these things. This is basic, simple Christianity. You know, sometimes we don't need a big fandangled message. We just need to go back to the foundation of the Bible. I am set free. Now, you know, as a deliverance pastor, you're set free in the spirit, but that doesn't mean that you can't have a demon. Another message for another day, but uh, you're set free. See there, all the birdies flying away, they got set free. Amen. Yeah. That's us. We got set free. Galatians 5.1. Stand fast. That's a military term. You know, stand your ground. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. See, we get saved. And this happened to me. I got saved when I was, you know, a young, I don't know how old, junior high. And uh, it didn't stick. <laughs> it didn't stick. I needed to get saved again, and I did, but it was years down the road. But um, we're not supposed to go back, as Stan says, to the dog, to the vomit. Well, I did that. Why did I do that? I didn't know who I was in Christ. I didn't know I had power and authority over sin and evil. And I hung out with the wrong crowd. That, you know, there's many ways that Satan will use to get you tangled up in his web. But we have liberty. Amen? Amen. After we've been saved, we're free. Let's see how this, okay, this, um, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are heavy laden. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. See, a lot of times we're yoked up with the enemy. And he's just taking us down the wrong path. We're making wrong decisions. We're getting deeper and deeper, you know, into the darkness. But Jesus wants to take that yoke off, you know, which is really the yoke of Egypt, which is bondage, slavery. And because uh, the enemy wants you to serve him. And, of course, Jesus wants us to willingly serve him. But you take his yoke and it is like that weight comes off your shoulders. And we have freedom. 
It says, I am the Aleph and the Tav. See, this is a picture of the first letter of the Jewish alphabet, which is the ox, which is strength. And if you come under the yoke of the Lord, you're going to have an easier path because the devil is going to say, pay me now or pay me later. Okay, what else do I want to say about this? Here it says, him, me. This is Jesus, our Father, the Lord, the kingdom of heaven, and us. We're supposed to partner with the Lord. Amen? And he wants to partner with us. He says, take my yoke. Take my yoke. And the enemy's going, take this thought. Take this thought. It's a lie. Take this thought. You don't want to take the bait. Who are you in Christ? I am chosen. Do you know you're chosen? You know, every, most of the people go, I found Jesus. Well, I didn't find Jesus. He grabbed a hold of me and drug me into the kingdom. I didn't want nothing to do with Jesus. So you are chosen by God. Yeah, some of you probably, you know, got saved when you're a little toddler and everything's been fine and dandy in your life. That wasn't me. God chose me. God chose you. And here's the scripture, Ephesians 1, 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before when? Before the foundation of the world, see? God had a plan before you even conceived. He wanted you and he created you. You all got different fingerprints. You all got different irises. You're unique. There's nobody like you. So, you know, I say when they made me, they broke the mold. Well, they did that with you too. There's nobody, uh, there's no duplicates. You're from all the millions of people that lived on the earth, you're different. But God knows who you are, he made you. So he chose you before the world was made that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Jenny says if your parents tell you that you were an accident um, in the natural, uh, that could be true, but in the spirit, that is not true. Because, and there's, uh, this is at least the third scripture talking about uh, the foundation of the world. God knows you, he created you, he has a plan for you. It was all set in motion. This is an eternal law, it can't be erased. So, you are not a mistake, and God doesn't make any junk, as they say. I heard one amen. amen. <laughs> okay, here's another. Who you are in Christ, God chose me, John 15, 16. You have not chosen me, says Jesus, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that who that whatsoever ye ask in my name, he may give it to you. See, the Lord does want to answer your prayers and give you good things. But you got to remember, God chose you. And it says he ordained you. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you've been ordained as an apostle, prophet, pastor. You may not have an office, but 
you know, concerning those things, God ordains, man recognizes. You've all been ordained, whether you've been in an office or not, functioning in an office, you're still ordained. God has chosen you, and you're supposed to bring forth fruit. I've been a Christian for 50 years. Great, what have you been doing? Hopefully not just setting on your blessed assurance. Supposed to be saving souls, winning the lost, building the kingdom. There's two kinds of fruit, good fruit and bad fruit, amen? See, here's the good fruit, and here is, well, look at that apple. It's got a nice bruise on it. Sometimes you go, well, we shop a lot at Walmart. We'll go see the fruit, and it'll have a bruise on it. Sometimes it'll be leaking. Uh-oh, it's rotten. And maybe you take a bite out of the apple and you see half a worm. <laughs> Not a good day. Protein. Soon he says protein. Not planning on eating any crickets or worms. Bad fruit. Uh, scripture says, uh, I lay the axe to the root of every wicked tree that doesn't produce good fruit, and I chop it down and cast it into the fire. See, you don't want to be bad fruit because it'll be a hot time on Judgment Day. You want to have good fruit. Amen? You want to have treasure stored up in heavens where the worm can't eat and the moth can't destroy and rust can't, you know, eternal rewards. You want to have good fruit. Who are you in Christ? I am God's handiwork. You know, God made you with his hands. And here is a scripture, Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, it says he has a plan. You know, and so you have a job to do. What is that job? I don't know. I know what my job is. The last time uh, we heard a word from the Lord for us, it says, keep doing what you're doing, and uh, at the right time, I'll tell you what to do next. So, you know, you need to find out what your calling is, what you're supposed to be doing. Maybe that's just raising your children. You know, having your own church in your own house. You know, disciples. The little disciples, your children are your little disciples. Salvation always produces works. Works never produce salvation. If you're trying to work your way to heaven, you're going to fall. See the big hole, the guy's looking towards heaven. Wow, God speaking. He's about to fall. He's going to go into a hole. So, you know, you can't work your way to heaven, as they say, stairway to heaven. Even a child is known by his doings. Hello. That was for somebody. <laughs> oh, here's an old time picture. Uh, here we have faith, and here we have works. The sea of life, you know, the sea of life, life can be rough. Amen. Life can be rough. You can't get to heaven by your works, but if you have faith, you will have works. Amen. Here we go. He's headed in this direction. Lifetime of dedicated service. We're serving a king. 
I am complete. What, what would uh, you like for me to say, Mrs. Young? Would you like to come up here? Let, let me translate. Mrs. Young says we're not serving people, we're not serving pastors, we're not serving the church, we're serving the king. So it says, slaves, be faithful to your masters. I'm not saying we're all slaves, but the enemy wants to make us a slave, a slave to sin, but we've been set free and we have a king, we live in a kingdom. We don't quite understand that here in the West, but there's a hierarchy in what the king says. That's the way it's gonna roll. And we come under Jesus Christ, and we obey his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, and that's how we roll, right? So we serve the king, and we don't have to fear what man can do to us, Amen. or a demon, or a spirit. I am complete. Here's the scripture, Colossians 2.10, and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. Everything visible and invisible, Jesus Christ the Father, they created all that thing. So if you're wondering where Satan was, came from, uh, God created him. And when the devil opened up his eyes, the first thing he saw was Jesus Christ. Dad, he was just born, okay? Jesus is the head of all these things. This is spiritual stuff, principalities and powers, mights, thrones, rulers, dominions, the hierarchy in the spirit. Jesus Christ is top dog. He's top gun. Amen? Amen? Okay, complete in Christ. This is Christ, and this is where you fit in. Got to get plugged in, right? You ever heard uh, they're uh, uh, one piece short of the puzzle or one uh, brick short of a ton? You know, you can be off a little bit but when you're in Christ you're complete you know it says all spiritual gifts are ours all spiritual gifts not one or some or none all we're complete I am a new creation who are you in Christ I'm a new creation Sunni Second Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he, or she, is a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, I have something to say about that. When you say, Jesus, come into my heart, your heart, your spirit man is reborn, and he's alive. But that does not mean you're perfect in the spirit either, because in Psalms it says, a wounded spirit who can bear. So you can be saved and also have a wounded spirit. You can have some wounds. They need to be healed. You're still saved. Oh, wisdom is about to speak. Uh, get her a microphone. Yes, you do. Come on. They got to see you. Come on. We're on camera. I was really thinking to not to interrupt Pastor Lou for his teaching. But I had this revelation, so I just wanted to quickly share this. Okay. So I, I knew the Psalms had said that, the broken spirit, right? So that means we can be broken in spirit. 
And a lot of us think because we are a new creature, when Holy Spirit came in as a born-again believer, then our spirit is to fully restore. Well, and and uh, so I had some question about that. Okay, well, I had a revelation yesterday, last night, I was talking with Oni about this. <clears throat> All of a sudden, I had revelation camp. So I was here. So the, what the Lord reminded me was, Holy Spirit is Spirit of God is perfect, right? But He's a Spirit, right? Yeah, everybody agree? Okay, but He can be wounded, He can be quenched, right? And our spirit man is a spirit, right? So we can also be damaged, right? So that's the answer I was looking for, okay? I had a question. I wanted to make sure I know why is that, okay? And, and as the, we ponder, I ponder, I pray about it, and as we talk, that came to me. He reminded me, Holy Spirit can quench and wound it, so as our spirit man. So I wanted to just share the little nugget, okay? Thank you, Mrs. Young. So these little rabbit trails are fun. They're good. Uh, so let's talk about some spirits. Uh, you know, usually you think of evil spirits in deliverance, but uh, God has spirits that are good, like the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. So spirits have a name, they have a function, they have a personality, and they have emotions. And if you've ever talked to anybody, now we'll go to the bad side. If you've ever talked to anybody that has MPD, which is multiple personality disorder, they will have a wounded spirit or a wounded soul. They got a wound somewhere. Not 100% sure every time where it's at. They can have them in one or the other or both. They can be wounded. And so the Holy Ghost, as she said, you can quench it. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has emotions. It's a person because they have a personality. They say the person of the Holy Spirit. So a personality, a function, a character, and they have emotions and a name and a function. So, yes, just because you're saved, these lies that... You know, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I can't have a demon, that's a lie, your spirit man is perfect. It could be, but I'll just say I've never met a perfect Christian yet, and I'm a long ways from it myself. But I'm working towards it. But you can still, just because you're saved doesn't mean your spirit is totally, what happens, see, is your heart. Jesus looks at the heart. When you're saved, your heart becomes renewed. But your whole spirit, man, we're made in the image of God. We have a body in the spirit. And if your heart, so you can still be wounded in that area. So I think we've beat this horse enough. Does this make sense to you guys? I'm a new creation. Yep. I am a child of God. Are you a child of God? Thank you, Leslie. Taught me how to PowerPoint. <laughs> That's what I feel like. Sunni says I can't dance, but <laughs> First John three one, behold, or it means looky here, 
what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God or daughters of God. You could be a princess of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. See, this is why we don't fit in with the world. You know, we're a new creation. We walk like a Christian. We walk like Jesus in the world. You know, they don't want to see that. They don't want to hear about it. So they didn't know him. It says if they would have known, they wouldn't have crucified him. They didn't know because the Lord hid them. Secret ops, the enemy from on high. Our God outsmarted the, the devil. He did. Uh, what's, how, many, how many more slides to the end of this uh, tomorrow? Or is there quite a few? Probably too many to keep on going. We'll do one more and see what it says. Okay, here's, here's a good affirmation. I have amazing potential. Just read this with me. I have amazing potential. I can make good choices. I am never alone. I can do hard things. I'm beautiful inside and out. I am of great worth. He has a plan for me. I know who I am, a child of God. This is a good affirmation. I know a lot of people that are Christians, they, they you know, I could never do anything right. I'm always broke. Um, you know, on and on and on. Everything I touch just crumbles before me. I can never make anything work out right. Oh my God, it happened again. All bad. I mean, that's their confession. This is a, a good confession, and this is how God sees you, and this is how you should see yourself. And until you start seeing yourself like how God sees you, things probably won't go that good. They tell me that uh, if you don't like the way your life is, it's because you spoke it into existence, you know. When Adam and Eve were made, uh, God created Adam. It says he blew the breath of life into his nostrils and he became a living soul. It says in another translation, and he became another speaking spirit. And our words are spirit and life. That's why the Lord says, I set before you this day life and death, therefore choose life, because he knew we'd make bad choices. He was talking about me, but he told me to pick life. And so we have to speak life. And if you're not speaking life, it's probably the reason things aren't so hot in your life. So I think this is a good stopping place today. Father in heaven, I ask you to write this on the tablets of the people online and here in the congregation that they would begin to absorb this and begin to walk in this type of uh, who they are in Christ. Let them know who they are. And this is not an exhaustive uh, teaching. It's, it's a real simple, short teaching, but there's so much more in the book, Lord, in the Bible. I ask you to let them take this with them, guard their hearts so that the enemy doesn't pluck it out and steal it away, and let them begin to know who they are and to begin to fight and win and pull down strongholds and raise their family and cast out demons, heal the sick, and so on and so forth. Lord, I call it done by faith in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Good morning, Spirit of Prophecy Church. How's everyone doing today? 
I'm just going to start off with today's Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all the fathers and spiritual fathers here. Just a few quick announcements. There's going to be no Bible study on June 23rd or July 7th. Um, we don't really have a much going on at the church that I know of other than the Bible study. But we do have a birthday today. Aaron, come on up. How old are you? I'm nine. Nine. What day is your birthday? June 14th. Oh. So just you just had it. Perfect. Well, we're going to sing happy birthday to her. If you want to pull your money out. To, yes. Ooh, what's your favorite animal? I like all of is it a, Is it a chicken? No, it's a chicken. <laughs> or is it a sheep? A lamb. A lamb? What kind of noise does a lamb make? <laughs> so go ahead and get your money out we'll sing happy birthday and um up until the age of 13 we do give money to the children so on the count of three one two three happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday dear Aaron. happy birthday to you Bring your money up. <laughs> She's like, I don't understand. Yeah. They're starting them young here, Spirit of Prophecy Church. All right, I'm going to pass it on to Kate. She has a few announcements today. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. Let us. You guys don't sound like you're rejoicing. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Praise God. So this morning, I'm going to talk about intercessory. We are all called as watchmen. Amen. Amen. You know, I don't know if you've heard this, but prayerless people are powerless people. Amen. So if we don't stand up, uh, in the book of Ezekiel 22:30, the Bible says that God was looking for someone to stand in the gap so that he does not destroy the nation. So this is a call for all of you guys to avail yourself so we can get in and start praying, right? We've got to stay prayed up, amen, because the devil is always attacking. We have to remember we're in a war, in a, we're in a war zone, right? You can't be sleeping in a war zone, right? No. We have to stay alert, right? So I'm going to invite you guys uh, every third Thursday of the month. Uh, we can get on a call about 7.30 to 8.30 if you're available. I have a sign-up that we can have going around. Just write your name and email and phone number. And uh, my husband and I, were going to send you a Zoom invite. Just log on. You can do it on your phone. You don't need a laptop. So just log on and we're going to pray and show the devil we got the power still, right? Amen. That being said... Who, uh, if you're over 13 and you had a birthday this month, let me see a show of hand. Okay, Marcus, all right. Happy birthday. Make sure you say happy birthday to Marcus, yeah? Amen. Happy birthday. Yay, Judith, all right. We have a lot of June babies in here, amen? Oh, 
hey, Victoria, happy birthday, sweetie. Oh, you guys look amazing. So this morning, what day is it? It is Father's, father's day. day, right? It's a very important day. So I'm going to have all the fathers come to the front. We're going to pray over the dads in the house, the fathers. Even if you're not, you don't have any kids, you are a spiritual father. There's someone that looks up to you. Praise God. All right. Let's come on all to the front. You know, the Bible says that the man is the image and the glory of God. Did you know that? The man is the glory and image of God. So it's important for men to carry themselves in that way. You Amen. Know? Praise God. When you're walking around, you walk with your head up in, in the air because you know who you are. Amen. Amen. Another thing I want to share. John is, Victorson, so do you. Amen. Come on in. Come on in. Come on, Doug. So Douglas. <clears throat> One thing I've learned is the enemy is very good at attacking your uh, identity and your authority. If he can knock you down with, that, with identity, you have no power. So we have to walk around like we know who we are and we know what we carry. Amen? So this uh, morning we're going to pray over all the fathers. So stretch your hands over the, all the fathers in the house and we're going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We thank you so much, oh God. We thank you so much for this day that you have ordained for all the fathers in the house, oh God. We thank you for the anointing that you've, you've let them carry in this place, oh God. Remind them the anointing that they carry and the power and the dominion and the authority that you gave them. It was the same one that you gave to Adam and he named all those animals. They still carry that right now if they're in Jesus Christ. So I pray that they walk in that power and that authority, even as they start their week, mighty King of glory, remind them who they are, mighty King of glory. We, we lay them at your feet, O oh God. We speak over the seed of their loins, mighty King of glory. The devil shall not capture those children. They shall be the generations that shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hallelujah. We're speaking great health, great strength, wealth that comes from above because you're the one who owns cattle in a thousand hills, mighty King of glory. Father, you say that you've given them everything that pertains to life and godliness, and that's how they're going to believe from today onwards in the mighty name of Jesus. We speak the blood of Jesus upon them from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. They are anointed, and they know who they are, and they're about to take over this world in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Now. We have some gifts here. Make sure you grab a gift right here. I might need somebody to help me. Just pass it around. Amen. Hopefully we have enough. We should have enough. Hopefully. Maybe we don't have enough. Does everybody have it? Bill, Bill, and Justin. Bill and Justin. Okay. Okay. Does everybody have it? Okay. How How about Benson? Benson. Okay. Does everybody have? Okay. All right, before we start, I mean, uh, I'm, I want to ask if anybody have a prayer request. Yes, Michelle. 
Okay. 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 So, any praise report before we pray? Yes. Marty. My brother in the East uh, was baptized last Sunday in, in Hanabasa. Well, praise the Lord. Okay. Awesome. Baptized in the water? Baptized in the water? Water. Okay. Okay, then we also speak the be baptized in the spirit. Okay. All right. I do have a praise report too. You know that storm came through. You know we live in the uh, the double wide mobile. That's our house, right? We live humbly, right? We we like the low budget. We don't owe no nothing to anybody, okay? Other than God. Anyway, this first time wind blow, we felt the house shaking. First time, but you know we are prayer warriors. We pray. Anyway. So we had a couple uh, trees fall down, but not at my uh, fences. It went to the other direction. So it did not damage anything. Everything was just fine. So praise, I want to just acknowledge God's been protecting us. And he continue well till he take us home. So I wanted to praise him for that. All right. So, yes, Danny. Oh, praise the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Midst of the storm, Lord stands up and protect us. That's our Lord who we serve, right? Okay, let's pray for... Oh, you have praise report too. Okay, awesome. Well, praise the Lord. So Tony and uh, Danny, uh, they had some experience with this storm came after them. But guess what? Nothing happened because the Lord protected them. So we want to acknowledge God who we served. Okay. So let's pray, everybody. Okay. We're going to pray for Bill's, what's her name? Elaine. Elaine. Justin's mom, Elaine. She's going to, uh, staph infection is done. Now we're going to pray for, she will be endured and infect. Okay. And your dad. Okay. Let's pray, everybody. Put your heart into it. You know who we are. The pastor Lou talked about who we are in Christ this morning. So you are seated in the right hand of a father with Jesus. That's your position. So when we engage in a warfare, Either big or small, it doesn't matter. We do this in our position. There's nothing blow us. Nothing. Okay, so let's pray. Father God, we come to you and knowing who we are in Christ. And right now, we pray for Elaine. Devil, 
Get your filthy hands off from her in Jesus' name. Power of the Holy Spirit, come. Might of the Holy Spirit, come and touch her right now in the name of Jesus. And we release angels in heaven, holy angels, ministering angels, to come and give her what she needs through the power of the Holy Spirit. We just cover her with the blood of Jesus. If she doesn't know you, Lord, Holy Spirit, do mighty work in her heart to accept Jesus. And also we rebuke that infirmity spirit. We rebuke that cancer. I curse you to the root you dry and die be gone from her in the name of Jesus. And do not show up again in Jesus' name. I am not going to pray for she to endure that stuff. We're going to just cut it now in the name of Jesus. Elaine, you, you rise up and walk in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare, decree it, and you do it now. In the name of Jesus, I pray for Michelle's father. If there's anything, Lord, is there's the open door, Lord, we remit that sin and we renounce the bitterness, unforgiveness, any wound. It left the doors open, Lord, we remit it, we close it now. Anything is attached to the demonic infirmity. We cut and stubble that now in the name of Jesus. Michelle's father, you are believer. You are son of the most high. So we rebuke of the attack in his lung right now. In the name of Jesus, I call for the kingdom invasion into him right now. In the name of Jesus. There's no sickness in the kingdom. So we bring kingdom to him now. Anything and everything is disorder in his body, be realigned right now in the name of Jesus. And the healing and miracle, recreation of the lung and every connected be there now in the name of Jesus. Peace be released into his spirit, soul, and body to be realigned, reconnect, reform, and be healed totally. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your mighty power of a miracle moving Holy Spirit. We release it now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. Morning, morning, everybody. Thank you, Ms. Soonhee. All right. Now we're going to do offering. So here at Spirit of Prophecy Church, we do a prophetic act. Um, if you would, please bring your tithes to the storehouse. It'll start with this bucket here on your left, please. You know, there's always lots of testimony about finances, but today I just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. You know, the Bible tells us... Uh, that if he can trust us in that which is least, he can trust us in that which is much. And that least is our finances, which we tend to think is a little more important than the least of these things. But we just, in faith, give unto the Lord as he has already given unto us. Thank you, Almighty Father.
Thank you, Lord. All right, well, before you all catch your seat again, <laughs> let's go ahead and do missions, if we would, please. The basket here on the right. And just, you know, just to, just to bring a point, when, when we give into ministry, whatever that ministry accomplishes, we, we receive those rewards, whether we are actually on the battlefield or not. And that's exactly, to me, what missions are, and that's why we give to missions. Uh, because we are not all able to just simply take off work, or maybe we're retired and we just simply have the time to travel. But being able to give gives us the, the same benefit as those that are on the battlefield. And we thank you, all of you, that go to the battlefield for us. All right, Pastor Lou, if you would, please. Let's bless the, the offering this morning, please. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we boldly come before you, full of praise and adoration for who you are. For you are the God of all. You are the Almighty. You are the Most High. And we thank you for the blessings that you have bestowed upon us, such that we may be able to return them back unto you and your kingdom that we serve. Most Holy Savior, we thank you for you are the author and finisher of our faith. You are the provisions that allow us to call forth blessings to our finances, blessings to our friends, blessings to our church. And Father, we thank you so much for that. And we give these tithes and offerings unto you and your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord Jesus. We thank you for this offering, Lord. It's, it's a weapon. Money is a tool. And, Lord, this is going into your toolbox to use however you see fit. I ask you to bless the people back. You saw. And um, the guy that sees, El Rohai, El Rohai, he saw. And I ask you to bless those back. Those that have sowed, return a harvest, 30, 60, 100-fold. And, Lord, the scripture says, blessed are the feet of those that bring the good news. So, Lord, uh, we are a global ministry. And part of this is going to Honduras, but part of it is going globally, internationally. And I ask you to also sow here into Allen and Plano and the people wherever they live. Touch them where they are and let them know that you are with them and multiply it back to them in not just finances, but in spiritual gifts, family healing, jobs, and however the, the cries of their heart call out to you. You hear their prayers move on their behalf. And I thank you in advance and call it done by faith in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. And now it's time for praise and worship. Praise and worship. Hallelujah. All right. Thank you, Lord. If you would, please stand. I'll say a prayer and we'll get started with some praise and worship. Lord, we, we do come before you. May these songs that we sing today be true may they be a sweet sweet fragrance unto you at your throne may it be pleasing in your sight and may our hearts be true 100 percent with you in jesus name amen hallelujah 
God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. Oh, God is good all the time. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. Oh, God is good all the time. If you're walking through the valley, and their shadows all around. Do not fear, for He will guide you. He will keep you safe and sound. He has promised to never leave you or forsake you. For His word is true. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good. All the time, through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good, God is good, all the time. We were sinners, and so unworthy, still for us He chose to die. Filled us with His Holy Spirit, now we can everlasting and his mercies they will never end God is good all the time he put a song of praise in this heart of mine God is good all the time through the darkest night his light will shine God is good God is good all the time For me, my life is in your hands, and through the eyes of faith, I can clearly see God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkness, night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good. All the God is good 
all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. And through the darkness, night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good. God is good. He's so good. God is good. He's so good all the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise your holy name, Lord. Yes, God is good, God is good, He's so good, God is good, He's so good, God is good, He's so good, all the
the feet of Jesus. We cry, holy, holy, holy. We cry, holy, holy, holy. We cry, holy, holy, holy. Is the
Amen. Amen. All right. Okay, now I'm on. Okay, here we go. Now we're cooking with peanut oil. Hey, we're going to have a good time now. Hallelujah. Oh, my brother in Christ, Pastor Jonathan. Lord, I ask you to anoint him. Head to toe. I don't know what you're going to preach and teach us today, but I know it's going to be anointed. Lord, let the power of God flow through him and out through his belly. As it says, rivers of living water shall flow through her belly onto the people and through the camera to those who are watching. Lord, the anointed message, it will be planted as seed in their heart and it will grow and produce a mighty good harvest of good fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Lou. All right. Good morning, everyone. We have a treat for you today, as always. Uh, the topic of today is going to be, drum roll. Oh, wait, I need my clicker, don't I? Thank you. I'm lost without you. Okay. All right. The presence of God and his strive for fellowship. Amen. I was in the book of First John and I realized everything is about his fellowship. Everything is about his presence. And so today, with God's help, uh, we'll be diving into the fundamentals, but also going a little bit deeper. So today is going to be a teaching. So get your thinking hats on uh, and, you know, just stay, stay in tuned. Um, every time that I get you guys sleeping or whatever, we're going to say, what can wash away my sin? And what's the response to that? <laughs> Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Okay, can I hear it again? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. All right, so I committed a... Uh, um, I would say a, an error in my heart because generally whenever I watch a movie, I try to stay away from those friends that spoil, you know, the ends. But I basically just did that right now. It's the blood of Jesus that we're going to talk about today. And it is through him that we can have full presence in boldness. We can, we can enter the presence of God boldly. Amen? Amen? All right, so let's get it from the beginning. The Garden of Eden, starting from day one all the way to day six. God created everything. He created the heavens and the earth. He created the lights thereof. He created all living things that walked just with his, his word, right? The power of his word. It's so beautiful. Um, Garden of Eden, I looked up the definition in Strong's definition, and Eden actually means paradise, and it means pleasure. That's very interesting. I picked this picture in particular because of all the beautiful colors. You see all of the animals that are at peace. They're in harmony. It's like a musical piece right in front of you, just a visual representation of it. All the different colors, the different exotic birds and animal and life, you probably just, can you just imagine that? Like what that would be like? It's very hard for us because we were born in a sinful, a sinful nature, a sinful world, right? But I had the opportunity about five years to marry the most amazing woman, Miss Catherine, uh, Kate Gallo. That's my wife. And we went and celebrated our honeymoon in Maui, uh, Maui, Hawaii, or Hawaii. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Um, but it was so beautiful. We did this scene called, um, it's like a tourist attraction. It's a scene that you can take a car and drive out right next to the mountains, and it's just a one car length. It's called the Road to Hana. So Hana is, uh, or Hana, I don't know how you pronounce it, Hana, is a city that you can drive to in Hawaii, but it's not necessarily the destination that is the goal. It's actually the road to it. It's the trip. Along the way, you see so many beautiful 
plants and colors and creatures and it's it's just life it's life and life in abundance even spiders and and i hate to say this because i dislike spiders like for me whenever whenever before i was a dad i didn't deal with spiders right but now that i'm a dad i'm like ah man somebody's got to kill that okay it's me all right but there was a i went to a porter potty and i opened up the door and there was just a magnificent spider web just draped across and then there was this huge like my hand the size of my hand a spider that was black with yellow stripes and i was like open close i'm gonna hold it anyway back to the garden of eden this is i'm just trying to paint you a picture this is something that's so beautiful that god created man in his image in his likeness if you guys know about relationships there is nothing more sweeter than having somebody claim you like i'm not saying that possessing in a way of like your possession but in a way you're you're theirs and they're yours right and for for the same way i can claim my family they're mine they have my last name and so uh, i i find it beautiful that god created us out of all of the creation he created us mankind in his likeness and in his image and that's beautiful to me he's he's imparting something of his into us that no other creature on this earth has. So he also, as the father, happy Father's Day, he can bless. As somebody that is above the person that is beneath, they can actually bless. They have that authority to bless. God our Father blessed us. He said unto them, which is Adam and Eve, be fruitful. Be fruitful. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, go, go sit with mommy, okay? Be fruitful and multiply, and we did. Uh, replenish the earth, all right? And subdue it. Have dominion. We have dominion. So everything has been centralized that I've heard today, thank you, is have boldness in Christ. Know who you are in Christ. We have to go through the fundamentals to remind ourselves, right? Daily, it's a daily walk. We look in the mirror and we see, okay, I am bearing the image of God. I am the image of God. Glory to him. Hallelujah. We have dominion. So through this verse, we see that we have pure fellowship with God and we have full authority under him. All right. Next we have, and the Lord commanded the man saying, out of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Man, I would love to see what kind of fruits were in the garden of Eden and like the tastes, you know, like just the, uh, I don't know. I, I love eating. I don't know if you could tell, but I love eating. But it's it, like the sweetness and, and the sour, just everything um, all together, just in this feast, right? Uh, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day thou shalt eat of it, uh, thou shalt surely die. So we see that God gave us freedom in this paradise, in this land of pleasure, right? And he gave us access to everything, but he just gave one commandment, do not eat of this tree, because you will surely die. All right? Another thing is, Adam and Eve were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So, in the presence of God, we also have boldness, and we have pure life. We have complete life. There is nothing hindering us. There is no fears. There is no uh, taxes and payments that we are you know, paying late and all this stress. It is life and life in abundance. That is what God has meant for us. So what happened? Of course, we're going back to the fundamentals. You guys know the story. There was a serpent. 
a cunning serpent that was there. And I think that it's so brilliant that it was a serpent that, that was the animal that was picked, right? Because if you think about it, the serpents, they coil around their prey, right? And they constrict like a, a python. And that's exactly what happens with sin. So Satan, taking the appearance of a serpent, whispered deceitful thoughts into Eve, right? And he lied blatantly to her. He said, oh, you know, take of this fruit. Surely you'll, you'll not die. But God knows that whenever you take of this fruit, that you will be like him as God and that you will also have knowledge of good and evil. Wow. And we, we took that bait, didn't we? And I say we because we are mankind and we, we own up to it together, right? Who in here has not sinned? Okay. I don't see any hands. So we all know that we have sinned, right? And what is the payment of sin? Death. So what is sin? So going into the Strong's definition, sin is an offense, and it sometimes can be habitual, right? There's always a penalty, and with a penalty, there's always a sentencing. So sin is commonly defined as missing the mark. Pastor Stan has a book out, Missing the Mark. You should get it, read it. It's, it's good information, very good content. Always read back to the Bible for sure. Missing the mark. So we have uh, a duty here on earth to glorify our Father, which is in heaven, right? And we bear his image, and we are in his likeness, and we have full authority. But somewhere along the lines, we have given that up. And it, was, you know, it wasn't something that, um, that was taken, but we had to freely give. Do you understand that? That we had to eat of the, the fruit for ourselves, and we had to taste that sin, and we taste the, sin of, or the, we taste the power of death through that sin. Throughout the Bible, there is a parallel. It's works and wages. So basically, a cause and effect. It's you reap what you sow. You guys have heard that many times, right? You reap what you sow. So for everything that you do, it even says that, do you not know that you will be judged by every idle word that you speak? Hey, man, that's a little serious. I'm a parent of two, and I can get frustrated pretty quick. So I got to watch what I say because right around me is a two-year-old, JC, and she goes and repeats things that I say. So, you know, praise God for children because that's almost a mirror for me of what I need to correct as a father. Amen? Uh, Pastor Stan, about three weeks ago, he quoted a scripture and it said, and God, or, and he will ro- reward them that hate me, or God will reward those that hate him. And I was like, What? Why would he reward those that hate him? But of course, it's just the way that we read it, right? It's the way that we interpret it. Reward means for the works, you will be paid for, right? So he's rewarding them with what have not, it's a wrath or destruction, something like that. For the wages of sin is death, as I've heard quoted in here, which is Romans chapter 3, verse 22. And in James, it also says something very similar about sin. It says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away with his own lust and enticed, right? Don't we each have our own little desires or thoughts or maybe something is presented to you and it's it's presented and we can either take of it or we reject it, right? So it says, uh, then when lust hath conceived, it bring forth sin and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. So I, I think of, I always think of like a, a picture. I'm very visual. I'm a visual learner. So um, I have a graphic image in my mind that you can either be impregnated by the word of God and you can bear forth life 
or you can be impregnated by your own enticing and lust, and that gives birth to sin, and sin, when fully conceived, gives birth to death, right? So what is death? As an engineer, uh, I like to think about all these things, light versus darkness, you know, you have the contrasting measurements, hot versus cold. In college, I remember that I was learning about refrigeration, and come to my amazement, I didn't realize that the machine of the refrigerator wasn't cooling the food and the things in it, it was actually displacing heat out of it. And I said, what? I've been living a whole lie my whole life, you know? <laughs> right? So really, whenever, what I'm trying to say is, darkness is the absence of light. Cold is the absence of hot. So in that same light, we can think of death as the absence of life. It's a separation, right? A separation from life. And that's exactly what happened in the Garden of Eden. So here you have Adam and Eve. They took of the fruit. They sinned, right? And there was a, a spirit of disobedience that was within them at that point. And then they hid from the, the presence of God. Remember, this whole thing is about being in the presence of God and being in fellowship with our Father in heaven, right? Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord against, or amongst the trees of the garden. Why would they hide themselves? It's, they were ashamed, exactly. That was sin. It was a consequence of sin that makes shame come upon you. I mean, I know that I've experienced heavy shame through some of the sins that I've done. And I'm sure that you know, none of you guys have experienced that the same way that I have, right? But it's, it's real. Shame comes upon us. And why would that if we were created not to be shameful beings? We were created to be bold. We were created to have freedom. We were created with authority and bearing the image of our God. Amen? Amen. All right, here's an interesting thing you could think about. Uh, the very first sacrifice in the Bible, not necessarily recorded, but you can infer that it was a sacrifice. So what happened? God understood that his children have disobeyed. And it says, unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord make coats of skin and clothed them right? They made themselves garments of fig leaves, right? To cover up their shame, to cover up their sin. But we all know that God is omnipotent, right? He's omnipresent. He knows everything. He knows. He's a judge of your heart. He can see your heart. He can see your, your imagination or your mind before we can even start, you know, acting forth. So he sees these things. So even if we try to hide ourselves from him, it is foolish, right? So what happens? God being the father, again, happy Father's Day, <laughs> out of his immense love for his children who bear his image, he created clothing for them even in the midst of their sin. Yeah. He knows the rules, and there's a separation now, a separation between life and death. They have made their decision, and they have chosen death. Even the, uh, the smallest thing that they've done, it was a sign of disobedience. So uh, another verse in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, it says, and, all, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission of sin. What can wash away my sins? Amen. Hallelujah. I love the participation. All right. Here in Genesis chapter 3, we see that Adam and Eve have been banished from the garden. Right? And you see, I, I like this picture because it has uh, a bright sword, right? It's cherubim. 
uh, God placed cherubim to guard the east of the garden. So I'm going to read through this real quick. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil, which is like a conscience, right? We have a conscience to decide what is good and evil. So now we have a conscience. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Glory to God that he has protected us from that. Amen? So he drove the man, or he drove out the man, Adam and Eve, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubim. And remember, cherubim are the mighty angels that are protectors of the throne of God, right? And I believe the cherubim also have the four faces, the, the man, the eagle, the ox, or the bull, and the lion, right? In Ezekiel. And a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Remember, Jesus is the way. He is the life, right? So this is interesting. Just remember that the cherubim were set at the east side of Garden of Eden as uh, Adam and Eve were exiting westward. So what happened here? I think that's where sin stopped, right? No. I wish too. I wish too, brother. The continued fall of man. So sin brings forth death, as we learned in The Wages of Sin is Death. And that also comes with generational curses. Praise God for our pastors. Um, even Lou and Sunhi, they speak so wonderfully about the generational curses and a lot of information that we truly need as a church. Amen? Amen. So uh, sin exhibited through next generations. So this sin was imparted to the children and their children and their children's children. And this went on to, through generations. But did it grow or was it the same? Was it the same equal wickedness? Well, let's see. Cain and Abel, the very offspring of Adam and Eve, right? Cain and Abel were bringing forth an offering to God. And Cain brought forth fruit and vegetables. And Abel brought forth livestock, right? And it was his best of his best. And God praised Abel. And to Cain, Cain felt that he was uh, underwhelmingly uh, approved, I would say. So in, in the verse, this is where God is talking to Cain. And he says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? What's wrong with you, my son? And why is the countenance fallen? Why are you so sad? What's going on here? If thou dost well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doesn't well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Wow. Hey, do you hear the door knocking? That's sin. Open up. Remember me? We had some good times back in the day, remember? Come on, open up. It's your decision to open the door or to keep it shut and say, I will not. I take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Amen? Amen. We have that authority and God reminds even the son that is about to commit murder, which is Cain. Cain uh, murdered his brother Abel. God still loved him and spoke truth over his life. Said, you have the option. Sin is knocking at your door, but you can rule over it. You have authority. Amen? Church, we have authority over our sin. Amen? That is good news. We have freedom in this place. Hallelujah. Amen. Tower of Babel, right? So this was where men got together and they said, Ah, we're good. We're amazing creatures, right? Come together. Let us dine and wine and, and feast because we're amazing. So we created this brick. And with this brick, we're going to create a tower that reaches up heaven. And we're going to be high, like the high and mighty, right? Right? Man, that sounds familiar. 
oh, was it Satan? Wasn't it Lucifer that was the most beautiful of angels and he desired the same place of the Most High God? Hmm. And now that's in us? That sinful, yucky, that sinful nature? So we have pride too, huh? Wow. So what does God think about this? Wow. Noah and the flood. It even says when God is describing Noah that he was righteous in his generation. We have generations out there and they're doing some unrighteous, unlawful acts. Complete unlawful. But praise God that you guys are in church because you're hearing the truth here with me, right? We're praising the Lord because we are casting out all this fear. We're casting out the strongholds of sin and everything like that because we're, we're uh, shaming we're shaming the darkness and bringing everything to light. Hallelujah. Amen. Noah and the flood. So God cast the flood. And I heard a lot of you all talking about the, the storm on Thursday. Generally, if, a little bit about me. I love watching thunderstorms. I love it. I don't know why. It just, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing about nature, right? But I told Kate on Thursday, I think it was Thursday night, I said, Kate, I'm going to go sit at the, in the rocking chair and I'm just going to go enjoy the storm. She said, okay, you know, enjoy. And I was sitting there, and about five minutes later, she sees me come back out, and I said, uh, this is not your normal storm. You probably want to get in the closet with some pillows. So it, was, it, was, uh, it blew pretty crazy at Levon. Uh, There's just a lot of craziness. But through that, praise God, I love to worship him in the storm because it says that he rides the clouds at his feet. Amen? And he is the God of the storm. And remember when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples? And it was, they had fear. They said, Lord, why are you sleeping? We're going to die. Like, wake up. And he says, peace, be still. Peace, be still. So at that point, he gave me peace. And I was able to worship him. I saw the, the thunder and the lightning bolts go off like every half second. It was amazing. And I was just wondering what the throne of God looks like, right? Can you guys even imagine? Like the fear of God was in me and I was so scared, but I was like, you know what? He loves me. I don't have anything to fear. Even if he takes me, I'm going to be with him in his presence. So, uh, so is, still, is this sin still present today? Oh my goodness. Just go out those double doors and that's it. You can tell, right? So what happens here, right? In the Bible, we're going to go through some biblical context, biblical uh, his- history, I would say. This is Abraham. He was Avram, right? He is the father of our faith. And he had a child that God had promised him. He said, you'll be the father of many nations, right? And he blessed him with Isaac. Of course, he laughed, or I guess it was Sarah that laughed. But uh, this was kind of a disbelief, like, me in my old age, going to be the father of many nations? So God had promised Abraham life, and he gave him life. But that same life, he demanded back. Wow. That same life, the son, he's like, a lot of us would think on behalf of Abraham, like, why would you give me a son if you're just going to take him back? That doesn't make sense, right? Well, in the same likeness, God has given us life and is demanding our life back because of sin, right? For the wages of sin is death. And blood has life in it. Amen? So what should be demanded of us is our even, even our blood, our, our own self to sacrifice um, in place of our sin. But what, what does God do here? Jehovah Jireh is one of his names. The Lord provides. On this mount, uh, I think it's Mount Moriah, 
this was the, the first sign of where God provided a sacrifice already to Abraham and to his people. So Isaac didn't have to be sacrificed. There was already a life that was, that was uh, meant to be sacrificed on our behalf, right? This is a foreshadowing, of course, of Jesus Christ. He, he was already from the beginning. He was with, the, with God in the beginning. Whenever wisdom was creating the world, God and Jesus were there. Jesus was there. So this sign here with Abraham and Isaac, it was the, the marks, the first covenant between God and man. Through this, God offers fellowship with Abraham and his lineage. Man, what a great God we have. Even through our sin, he's still desiring to fellowship one with another, with you guys, right? With me, with us. Then comes Moses. And we're speeding through history here. So uh, Moses is the leader of the Israelites. He led the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt, right? And it says, let my people go to the wilderness so we can worship our God. He didn't say let my people go to the promised land, to the wilderness. Sometimes we have to go to the wilderness to find God. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. Um, So what was special about Moses? God spoke directly to Moses revealing how his people are to worship him on Mount Sinai. And to a lot of Israelites, that was kind of cool, but then they saw what was happening and they said, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want any of this, God. Like, Moses, you go up there and you talk to him for us. Yeah, yeah, you back us up and you just tell us whatever he has to say because this is a little scary for me. I didn't sign up for this, right? So we can see in the Israelite reaction, that's sometimes how we act, right? Even in our young years in, in Christianity, sometimes we felt that sin and we're like, um, the presence of God, this and that, it's kind of scary, but I don't know where he's at with this. He probably hates me, but he loves me. I don't know, right? Well, that's what the tabernacle is. Are you guys familiar with the tabernacle? Yeah. Again, I love uh, Lou's teachings on the tabernacle because they're very rich and, and deep in content. So I'll do my best here uh, to catch everybody up that does not know about the tabernacle. The tabernacle is a place of dwelling for God. This is a place where God's presence was with the Israelite, or it was with his nation, right? Uh, You have the north, south, east, and west sides. And the reason why this is important is what side was the cherubim set forth on to protect the Garden of Eden? East, right? And that is the same side as the gate. Remember, Jesus Christ, he says, I am the gate. You must go through me to get to the Father. Amen? Amen. Our whole goal is to to worship God with a clean conscience, to go into the presence of God boldly, right? Uh, A lot of worshipers will use this psalm, with Psalm 100. It says, come before the presence with singing which you can't sing if you're sad, right? You got to be joyful. You got to, and even speak to your, your spirit. Like sometimes you don't want to sing and you might be sad, but when you sing and rejoice and you dance for the Lord, you get that joy back because joy is a fruit that you can have. Joy is, is a fruit that, it's a gift that was already given to you. Amen? All right. Enter into his gates. See, the east gate. With thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. All right? So in the courtyard, the outer courtyard, what you see there is you'll see a bronze altar, and then you also see a bronze laver. So this is important because anybody was able to come in and put their worship or put their 
sacrifice for their sins on this altar and the priest would help them administer and, and uh, you know, get that sacrifice ready. And then, so remember, there is no remission of sin without blood. That's what this sacrifice is all about. The next thing is the bronze laver. So this is where the priests wash their hands and their feet before they enter into the holy place, right? Oh, let me go back real quick, sorry, before we go into the fancy uh, animations. So who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Amen? The, the, uh, the sacrifice purifies us, and then the labor that we wash our hands, it cleanses our hands, so we're able to enter into the holy place. So for those of you that don't know, the holy place is that place with a covering, the tent right there, and we're going to talk about that here. So diving into it a little bit deeper, this is the holy place right here. And in the holy place, we have three items to show. It's uh, showbread, which is 12 loaves of bread, and that resembles the 12 tribes of Israel. And then we have the lampstand, and we have the altar of incense. So the lampstand, the priests had this uh, unction, or they had a responsibility to go in and make sure that they refill the olive oil. So they press freshly squeezed olives, and they get the olive oil back and trim the wicks and make sure the lampstand is always uh, shining bright. Jesus is the light of this world. He is the showbread. Jesus is the bread of life. He is the manna from heaven that was sent to, to feed us whenever we have nothing. We never lack with him. The altar of incense, this is basically like prayer. And what I wanted to also, um, I guess a golden nugget here is, you can think about the tabernacle as a Christian's life. Sometimes in the courtyard, we're able to enter and we can make sacrifices. We, we, the things that we know is right for God, but sometimes we're a little scared to go a little bit further, to go deeper with him, right? We don't know God, but you know what? I'm here to tell you that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and he loves you. And, and he is gentle, but he is firm as well. Right, right, Lou? Very firm. So um, praise God for this opportunity to get into the holy place. Next, we have the tabernacle of God, the most holy place. And this is a place where the high priest, only one person being considered the high priest, can go there one day out of the year on the Day of Atonement to forgive the sins of himself and all of the nation, right? So before he goes into this uh, most holy place, uh, the other priests would wrap a rope around his waist because if he did not prepare correctly, in the presence of God with any sinfulness, he would die. Can you imagine? The wages of sin is death. So there is a separation between God, which is life, and sin, which is death, right? Uh, the Ark of the Covenant was taken in many places, and the Philistines ended up taking it uh, in history, and then they were plagued with all of these curses, so they said, we don't want any part of this. Let's give it back, right? And they gave it back to a, a city, I think, uh, I think it's called like Beth Sheshem, and the people there were curious, so they opened up the Ark of the Covenant, and they tried to see what was inside, and thousands perished that day. Thousands perished that day. The veil is the thing that separates the holy place from the most holy place. And this is very interesting because whenever God or whenever Jesus was on the cross and he died for our sins, he says it is finished. 
and there was, a, there was a, an earthquake, and the veil rent into two from the top down, meaning that the top down, it was a divine, uh, a divine event, right? It was from God all the way down. And so we know that man could not have torn the veil. But in fact, Hebrews talks about how this veil, this very veil, was the body of Christ that was rent into two for our behalf so that we can enter boldly, right, to the throne of grace. Amen? Amen. So now are you guys getting it? I know that this is a teaching and it might feel a little slow, but all in all, Christ has made a way for us to get back into the fellowship and presence of God where we once were and we were always intended to be. Amen? Amen. Here is the later depiction of uh, Solomon's built temple um, where, where God resided. They took the Ark of the Covenant and they transferred it into this magnificent architecture here. Um, you can see that it was way more grand than, than uh, the tent that they built. And there's a lot of intricacies with the tabernacle that I would like to share, but not enough time. Interesting enough, the Pharisees were speaking to Jesus. And Jesus answered them and said unto them, Destroy this temple, the one that we just saw. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews are angry. What? Forty and six years was this temple built. And wilt thou rear it up in three days? Really? But Jesus spake of his body, of the temple of his body. Right? So we can even think of Jesus being that temple, being the Ark of the Covenant, being the presence of God. Remember, it says, Emmanuel, God with us. He became flesh. He became sin who knew no sin, right? Um, another interesting verse here, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. Meaning that we were created with flesh and blood. We were created out of the dirt. That's why Adam is called Adam. Adama means of the dirt, right? And then God breathed the breath of life into him, right? So we have flesh and blood. God became man through Jesus, right? And took on the flesh and blood so that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So in order for him to die, he had to become human, right? And in order for him to receive the power of death, he had to have died. Glory to God. In Romans uh, chapter 5, Paul was asking the question. It was, it was human logic, and he's trying to relate to his audience. He says, For scarcely for a righteous man one will die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. And what, what that means is, for the wages of sin is death. What we owe is a sacrifice to God. And the tabernacle was only a mere uh, image of what was to come, something that was going to be even better, right? The tabernacle of heaven. And what man would die in your place for your sins? Even a good man, somebody that's better than you, right? I, I haven't found one that would die for me, that don't even know me, right? But Jesus being the perfect, blemishless lamb, he died for us so that we can have freedom. Amen? Amen. All of this is making sense? You guys still with me? Amen. Amen. All right. Another interesting thing here. Uh, whenever they're hanging on the cross and Jesus was with the two other thieves, uh, one of them said, he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, 
Verily I say unto thee, thou shalt thou, oh sorry, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Right? Remember, going back to the Garden of Eden, this was always the intention, is the fellowship with Father God. And to, to claim this boldness, to claim this identity that we were talking about this morning. So Jesus is that sacrificial lamb for us. The power of his blood is so amazing, right? What can wash away my sins? Love it, love it. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. So we need the blood of Jesus. You know, whenever the high priest entered into the most holy place, he would always have um, a jar of blood, or a bowl, I would say, and he would dip his hand in it, and he would sprinkle it on the four corners of the, the horns and on the, uh, the mercy seat, which is the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. And this was because of the blood to atone for the sins, for his sins and the sins of all of his nation. So we need the blood. There is power in the blood. I remember when I was in high school, and sometimes my teachers would uh, go off on a tangent, and they would kind of bore me, and I would drift off to a peaceful sleep, right? <laughs> right? Have you, have you been there? And I would sleep in a way like this, trying to, you know, contortion my arms in a way where it could be like a pillow. And when I would wake up about 20 minutes later, hopefully my mom isn't watching this, uh, my arm would be completely asleep, right? And so I would try to pick up my pencil, and I couldn't move because oxygen is transported by the blood. So my point is here, imagine that the blood has so much power of life. Amen? Without blood, we cannot have life. So, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. All right, how can we be all partakers of the blood? First off, of course, we believe in him because he says he is the way, the truth, and the life. I used to live my life looking at this world and trying to understand and discern in the times and hear from other wise people what's going on. But I realized that I was making my truth what this world is portraying to me. And now I've, I've been inspired to make the Bible my truth, my foundation. Even though it, you know, it, it's a lot of learning, but I'm willing to accept that because I truly believe, even unto death, that this is the truth of God. And it has life for me, and it has life for you. So believe in him as your truth. In whom we have boldness. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 12, it says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. So here, what, what I'm really desiring is we need to desire that presence of God. We need to reclaim back what was stolen to us. Amen? We should have the boldness to enter. Sometimes my prayers are limited to, Lord, I struggle today, you know, help me, and da-da-da. And that's fine. That's fine. That's what prayer is for. But I also want to remind you, have boldness in who you are. Remember your identity in Christ. And the things that we pray for are in a sense of victory. We're standing in a place of victory already. Amen? Amen. All right, next is repent of your ways and choose his way. Jesus is the way. He is the gate, right? We cannot go into the presence of the Father without Jesus Christ, without his blood, 
without his teachings, without his cleansings. He is the door. He is the shepherd. He is the gate that leads the sheep through the fold, and the fold being heaven. We're always intended to be back with the Father in fellowship in etern- or eternal life. Amen. So how does this look? You abstain from sin. Remember, sin is at your door. Hey, remember me? Yeah, answer the door. Don't do it. However, in 1 John, it talks about if you fall, confess your sins. For God is just, and he is, uh, he is faithful and just to forgive the sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You know when Jesus came and we speak the blood of Jesus over our lives, he actually cleanses our conscience. Remember we had the conscience back in Genesis chapter 3 where we have the knowledge of good and evil, and now you know, we can choose evil, we can choose good. It's hard to cleanse yourself and to enter into the presence of God without that truth of the blood of Jesus. And what I mean by that is back to the old times when they used the old tabernacle ways, they would sacrifice daily, weekly, monthly. And the high priest that was in ranks, he would perish, he would fall, he's just human. Then another would rise, and then he would fall, and then another would rise, and it's a continual thing. That means that that was a temporary solution. But the real eternal solution is Jesus Christ being our high priest, being the one that intercedes for us in the true tabernacle in heaven. Amen? Are you guys with me? Amen. Yeah. Uh, that is a once and for all. He has, he has sacrificed himself for your sins in the past, in the present, and in the future. So when you confess and when you do anything, do it boldly because we know that we have the truth and we have life with the giver of life who calls us brother. Jesus calls us brother, right? And he's made a way back unto the Father. Amen? Amen. Lastly, the desire is to pursue a relationship with him. Your life depends on it. Your very life depends on it. Where do you want to spend eternity? I want to go to pleasure land. I want to go to Eden, right? I want to go feed the lions and do whatever you can do in Garden of Eden, right? I want to eat of the fruit, all the fruit. I want to eat of the fruit of the tree of life. Are you guys with me? I wonder what that fruit tastes like, by the way. It's got to be real good. Anyway, so the last verse I'm going to leave you here with is, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen? So that was the message, and I hope you guys have been blessed. I hope you guys pursue the Lord with all of your might, with all of your heart, with all of your strength, because this world needs his presence back here. I know that you've heard Paul talk about our body. He says, do you not know that your body is a temple? Wow. Well, well, the Spirit of God can reside here. He can dwell with you. That's why it says, as I abide in you, you abide in me, right? I am the vine, you are the branch. You cannot bear good fruit unless you are connected to the life giver, right? He is the branch. And so we connect to him to have life, to give life to ourselves, life in abundance, but also to give fruit for others. Amen? In this world that needs the fruit of life. We speak life across America, across the globe, but especially here where we start. This church, this church first, and then spreading out into Plano, spreading out into McKinney and the greater Dallas-Fort Worth area, and then into Texas, and then into America, right? 
Let's enter that throne room with boldness, remembering who we are in Christ, our identity that we are children of the Most High God, that there's a deceiver that can try and try and try. That's all he can do. He can present you these ideas and wait for you to, to slip, right? But whenever you stay firmly planted on the truth, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere, baby. Amen. 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 So um, I would like for all of the online presence to uh, click that like button because I know you liked it. Uh, share and subscribe. And also, if you have any questions or if you are ready to give your life to Christ and you have more questions on how to pursue a life of holiness and, uh, you know, just in general, how to navigate through the Bible, the word of truth, you can uh, email that located on the uh, slide there. Contact at uh, spiritprophecychurch.com. All right. Also, ministry members, please become one. Uh, We definitely would like to see you and your beautiful faces here in the Plano area. So please come on down. We would love to have you. And if you'd like to help donate uh, for a great cause, also for ministry going abroad, uh, we talked about you know mission trips. That's our heart is to spread the love of God. That's a great commission, and we are all about it. Amen? Amen? So that would be a great help. But all in all, be blessed today. Be blessed this week. And go forth and pursue the love of God and find out what that means in your life. Go through the Bible. Ravish it. It's there. It's readily available for you. And I just pray that you'll be blessed. And I'm just going to pray real quick. All right, let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we believe that you are the truth. We believe that you love and that you are light. And we receive your love. We receive your mercies for they are renewed every single morning. We receive your grace over our lives because surely we deserved death. But through your abundance of love, And through your abundance of thinking about man, you have created a solution for us. Your son, Jesus, is our Christ, is our Messiah, who laid his life down freely. Nobody took it from him, but he laid it freely so that we one day will have fellowship with you once again. That we would be reconciled and reclaimed back to you and back to your love, back to your presence. I pray, Father Almighty. That people, if they have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, they harden not their hearts, but that they accept your rest today and the rest that is yet to come that you have promised us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love. Thank you for your word that washes us clean. And thank you for the blood of Jesus. Because what can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We proclaim that you are holy. Have All the glory and all the honor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So thank you all for coming and be blessed.